We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on a uh, a Wednesday. Uh, it's get is it still summer? I guess it's still summer, technically. Uh, it's getting late in the summer, um, but uh, feels like we still have a couple of, couple of solid weeks off before we really need to get into the the thick of uh, the NBA stuff. So we're doing a, a bit of a different type of episode today. I'm going to get to what that episode is and uh, who I'll be talking to in a bit. Uh, but first, as Andrew Claudio promised you. Uh, my thoughts on the latest happenings at FIBA or at the FIBA World Cup, I should say. I had a, for some reason, I thought I was going to have like a whole lot to say about FIBA at this point. And the reality is that I don't know. I don't. The, the, the games themselves are pretty much like if you know what happened in the game and you know how it went down, you kind of got the full story. So obviously today uh, or Tuesday, I should say, as I'm recording this. Uh, the United States absolutely demolished uh, Italy. There wasn't really one star of the show, although Mikel Bridges certainly had uh, the the highlight performance. But I, the entire team played pretty well, and obviously Italy was just not up to the not up to the challenge. I think the final score was one hundred to sixty something. So the um, be careful what you wish for potential of the prediction that the 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 Knicks team USA actually helped themselves. By losing to um, uh, losing on Sunday, uh, actually it came true because uh, by virtue of their loss uh, against Team Lithuania, they faced Italy, and Italy, as predicted, was no match for them. So, a big time win. Uh, you know, solid games all around, including for Jalen Brunson and, and Josh Hart. Those guys didn't really need to play extended minutes. And like I said, Mikel Bridges was the was the dominant force. So. Next up for Team USA, they are back in action on Friday uh, at 8.40 in the morning. I'm pretty sure all their, their games have been starting at 8.40 a.m. And they will play the winner of Team Germany and Team Latvia. Uh, Latvia, 
Obviously, Christoph Porzingis normally would be playing for them, but he is out dealing with plantar fasciitis. Uh, Germany is the are the favorites. I'm not sure how heavy of favorites, but they're pretty solid favorite in that game. And, um, you know, Team USA already had trouble with the Germans once. It was during the prelims uh, or the games that didn't count. I shouldn't say the prelims, the 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 lead up to the the World Cup. They played the Germans and it was a, you know, it was a tough go until Anthony Edwards took over in the in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, nobody's writing tickets to the final yet. Uh, the concerns that were unearthed uh, over the weekend uh, concerns that were always kind of there about the USA's lack of size, um, you know, and those obviously came to fruition against uh, Montenegro and to a greater extent against against Lithuania. Those are still there. Um, and maybe they sprout up. Maybe they sprout up against Germany. Maybe they sprout up against Latvia. Uh, maybe they sprout up in the final. We'll see. Uh, long way to go, but two more games left and then uh, they could be crowned World Cup champions. But yeah, those concerns are there. Whether they're going to see another team uh, like they did on Sunday that shoots uh, 56% from deep and starts out nine for nine from from behind the arc, uh, we'll see. I'm not I'm not holding my breath. So I think Team USA is in pretty good shape, you know. And if you're if you really haven't been paying attention at all and you just really kind of care about this from a Knicks perspective, uh, Jalen Brunson's been really solid, you know, not spectacular. I don't really think anybody's been spectacular. Anthony Edwards has certainly had spectacular moments. Um, you know, but even he hasn't been perfect, certainly. Uh, so I, I think Brunson's been very, very good, all that they hoped he would be. And Josh Hart, you know, obviously inserted into the starting lineup midway through this tournament. And uh, so far, so good. You know, it's his his being in there was not why they were badly out rebounded over the weekend. Uh, and you know, sure enough, today against the Italians, they collectively as a team out rebounded them uh, pretty, pretty significantly during the relevant portion of the game, at least. Uh, so that's the Team USA update. Um, as far as Team Canada goes, they play this morning, as you are listening to this, um, Wednesday morning, against uh, the Slovenian team. Uh, and that Slovenian team, of course, does contain Luka Doncic. Despite that fact, the Canadians are big favorites. Given how they've looked, how they looked over the weekend, I'm not so sure that they should be big favorites. I know they came back and won the game on Sunday and I don't, well, it wasn't convincing fashion because it was a three point win, but what they did in the fourth quarter against um, Spain was very convincing, but that was really more SGA, just being SGA. And to a lesser extent, Dylan Brooks doing what Dylan Brooks occasionally does. I, I think, I think the Canadians, I'm not going to say that they're in trouble, but of the two teams, Canada and USA, I think the Canadians are the one that I would be far less shocked if they were upset, whether it's this round, um, whether it's in the semis, if they make it that far, obviously in the final, although I guess in the final, if they're playing team USA, they will be favored Um, just because this team continues to the team. Canada continues to devolve into one-on-one ball. And when they get out in transition and when they're turning defense into offense, and obviously when they're hitting threes, it looks great. When the game slows down, it's, it looks really junky and, you know, these are guys, obviously, you're not used to playing with each other that much. I mean, to yes, they've all come up together in Team Canada. And this is very meaningful for this particular group who has been in international competitions 
together over since they were kids to now be able to go to the Olympics next summer. But they still don't play as nearly as often as, as some of these teams from other countries do uh, in terms of with one another. So, yeah, I mean, I I see the seams when I watch them as for RJ um, started out great on Sunday after a one for eight performance on Friday, uh, came back down to earth after the first quarter, got in some foul trouble. You could say he maybe looked a little gassed in the fourth quarter and ended up fouling out of the game. Uh, I think they're going to need him. Needless to say, they're going to need him, you know, um, to to win this thing. And he has been, even with a couple of inconsistent games, again, first quarter Sunday aside, uh, you could still argue that he's been their second best player at SGA, either him or Dylan Brooks. So, yeah, we'll we'll be watching uh, that and... Uh, I believe if uh, they win uh, that game, they will I'm actually not sure who they face if they if they win that game. I should probably know that. But um, the, the, that side of the bracket, I could say, uh, is certainly tough. Um, they'll face someone good. I know that they'll face they'll face someone good. Um, OK, that's all for a FIBA update. Uh, today's episode. Uh, so today's episode features someone that you've certainly heard me talk about a lot um, and someone else that you may not know who they are, but you probably should. Um, we're doing a little bit something different today, and that's we're focusing on something I don't know that we've ever focused here on an film school podcast, and that is youth sports. Um, you know, and like if you're a sports fan, youth sports affects you, whether you realize it or not, because what's going on at the youth level ultimately impacts what goes on or the types of players that go into the pro level. Um, it certainly impacts the NBA. And um, I don't think it's a coincidence that we are watching, you know, a FIBA tournament where teams all over the world are showing that they could beat teams like the Americans and the Canadians on any given night. Um, and, you know, you just look at the MVP race, you look at the best players in the league. I mean, so many foreign players. I think you could draw a direct line connecting that situation to the fact that there has been a uh, gradual demise of youth sports, at least in the way that youth sports, we are used to them um, or ha- had been used to them at one time. I mean, I'm not even sure I'm the best person to talk about it because like, I feel like the, the beginning of the end happened you know, when the sneaker companies got involved and, and, you know, with the whole AAU thing. And that was, I mean, geez, I mean, what was that 25, 30, 40 years ago? I don't even know. Uh, it was a long time ago. So this has been a long time coming. Well, our guests today are trying to do something to improve that. Uh, Barry Weiss, who, yes, you probably recognize from the ad that I've been reading on here for the last, uh, better part of the last year. Um, he is one of the uh, heads of Weiss and Rosenblum, which is a law firm, has nothing to do with basketball. Um, he uh, got involved many years ago, which is how I came to learn about them, with an organization called Steady Buckets, who is uh, run by Mackie Bergman. Uh, Mackie is the other person you're going to hear from on this podcast. Now, Coach Mackie uh, came up uh, through the more traditional ranks in terms of coaching. And he's coached. He talks about it a little bit on the pod. So if you want to stick around just for some of the some of the little tidbits he, he he drops, you know, he's he's worked with Kyrie Irving. He's coached Donovan Mitchell. He's, you know, coached uh, Eric Pascal. Um, he's got a kid that just actually finished with his program that should or finished with his program a few years ago. That should be uh, starting for North Carolina next year, UNC. 
so talk about a guy who has earned his stripes uh, in the in the youth coaching game. Um, you're going to hear that person today. And so and ba- I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything on the pod, but basically Barry and uh, Mackie have worked together on this organization, Steady Buckets, which is on its face, a basketball camp. But really what they're trying to do is not reinvent youth sports um, and the way we go about youth sports, but just to get it back to a level where um, it is, you know, something that you actually want to send your kid to, whether your kid is someone who's going to be a future NBA all-star or whether they're just someone who you want doing something other than sitting on the couch on a, you know, after school or Sunday afternoon or whatever. Um, it's a really, really interesting pod. I recorded the the interview a little while ago. Um, and I, I would, if if you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, this is really worth my time. Take my word for it. Even if you don't have kids, um, it really is. You could tell. I could tell because I've met him before, and I, I could certainly tell after today that Coach Mackey, Mackey Bergman, is someone who has spent, and he talks about this a little bit, a lot of time, a lot of time, thinking about what's wrong with youth sports and how it could be fixed. And it's just a really interesting look at like a slice of life in America right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was happy to be able to do it. And the last thing I'll say before I get to the interview and we, we plug it on the interview as well, but I'll say it now, um, go look up the organization yourself. If you're even remotely interested, it's called steady buckets, their website, steadybuckets.org. And uh, if you have certainly a young person in your life that you're looking to maybe send to a camp, um, you know, it's it's a really great organization. Uh, I won't say anything else. Uh, without further ado, here is uh, Barry Weiss and Coach Mackie Bergman. Hey there, Knicks fans. It's your boy, Jonathan Macri. You've been hearing me talk about Barry and his team over at the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum for almost a year now. It's a partnership I'm very proud to be a part of because as a former personal injury attorney myself and a Knicks fan, I know the difference that a great legal team can make. Barry has been at this for over 35 years and has informed me that since the 2023 Knicks season ended, he has resolved cases in the amounts of 1.4, 1.5, 1.75, and $3.75 million, as well as obtaining winning results on many less significant cases. Just like the great basketball franchises, Weiss and Rosenblum's long track record of sustained excellent results speak for themselves. Visit them at weissandrosenblum.com today and explore for yourself, or better yet, give Barry a call at 212 366-6100, where he will offer a consultation on your possible matter completely free of charge, as well as chat about the upcoming Knicks season as he has been a rabid fan for over 50 years. You know the tagline. If you think you might have a case, talk to a veteran attorney, not a rookie. No case is too big or too small. That number again is 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, a couple of first-time guests that I am very excited to have a conversation with. Uh, I have had the pleasure of uh, of knowing one of these gentlemen very well for, uh, I guess, over a year now. My God, how time flies. Um, and the other one, uh, I only met once, so I'm, I'm particularly excited to get into a little bit more of his story today. So um, they are from, well... Barry, you're from a couple of different places. I'll, I'll save you for, for, for a second. First up, uh, let me introduce. He's, he knows 
He's known by Coach, by everybody knows him well. Coach Mackie Bergman of Steady Buckets, uh, the director of the Steady Buckets program. How you doing today, Coach? Very good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. And uh, last but not least, I've been reading an ad for this man's law firm for, I think, what is it? Six, eight, nine months, something like that. Getting close to a year. Close Close to a year, year, right? Uh, You know, if you have a personal injury matter that you want handled, uh, go to a veteran attorney, not a rookie. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Barry Weiss. Hello, sir. How are you? How are you? Thanks for having us. And here I'm uh, also in my capacity as a co-founder of Steady Buckets with Coach Mackey. Yeah, so that's actually where I want to start. And, you know, I'm going to do a little uh, or I will have done a little intro already for this. So the folks at home already kind of have an idea of what they're getting into here. But what they don't know and what I don't know is how a personal injury attorney uh comes up with something where he wants to work with a very, very well-known basketball coach in the New York City area. And we're going to get to Coach Mackey's past in, in a little bit and decide to start an organization that I, I, as best as I could tell, is really one of a kind. So why don't you just give a, a little bit of background about how you guys met and about Steady Buckets, your organization? Sure, John. Uh, so let's go back to the year 2010. I have a 12-year-old son. Uh, I grew up in Greenwich Village playing basketball. I played in Stuyvesant High School and on the streets uh, of downtown Manhattan. And uh, the one thing that was always lacking in my son's basketball training, of course, is every other dad, I wanted him to be a, at minimum, a college player. And I was very frustrated by the lack of skill development uh, that was available to youngsters in the downtown Manhattan area. And by chance, a childhood friend of mine who also grew up in the village uh, was the executive director of our local YMCA. Uh, it was his first year there, and that YMCA, the downtown YMCA, had in the past a history of doing a middle school basketball program. And uh, my, my friend uh, had this idea. He says, you know, the, the young people, the, the youngsters in the community, they're always well taken care of, and, and they have a lot of programs. And by the time that you get to high school, you pretty much decide what you want. Uh, out of your life. You want to be a basketball player, you want to be a chess player, whatever. But it's in that range of fifth grade to eighth grade that you really can influence kids. And uh, my friend said, I really want to resurrect this basketball program. And he came to me and he said, look, Barry, you have a a pretty prominent law firm. Uh, I need some resources on this. Do you you like this uh, this idea? And I said, well, number one, I had a 12-year-old. I was already coaching his team. And I said, I'll tell you what, let's resurrect this league. Uh, I'll throw my law firm's finances behind it. But you got to give me one or two teams in the league uh, in exchange for that. So he said, no problem. I underwrote the entire spring league for the uh, YMCA. It took place Sarah Roosevelt Park behind uh, on Houston Street, behind behind the YMCA. And uh, I show up one day for uh, opening day, and there I meet uh, Coach Mackey. Uh, Unbeknownst to me at that time, he had just recently started Steady Buckets with three kids on Monday afternoon at the YMCA. Uh, Unbeknownst to me at that time, he also grew up in Greenwich Village. He was 20 years uh, younger than me, also played high school basketball at my rival school, Bryce High School of Science. And when I watched Coach Mackey uh, running uh, opening day. And I think at that about time, there was about eight teams with about 80 to 100 kids. I was totally taken, number one, not only by his, what he understood about skill development. And at that point in time, he just didn't roll out the balls. There was about a 45 minute 
skill training before the games actually took place. And I'm watching him, and I am just completely mesmerized at, uh, at what time, at how good he was in teaching his kids. But even more importantly, it was amazing to see these youngsters following him around with basketball pie piper. And like a light bulb went off in my head, John. I said, you know, I need to, to get with this guy. Uh, the two things, two loves of my life have always been children and basketball, in addition to law, but uh, the real passion of that. And I said, you know, we're lacking in downtown uh, basketball and skill development. And I went over to Mackey after maybe your first couple of sessions. And like, you know, I see you only have three, five, seven kids in your program. Uh, I'd like to get behind you here, whatever it takes to support, you know, your, your venture, to support what you love, because what you love is also what I love. And together, uh, we created a partnership. Uh, he actually started Steady Buckets, but I threw myself behind Steady Buckets. And uh, Mackie will pick it up from here, but he'll tell you over the last 13 years how this program has grown and the innovation that Mackie has put into it. Yeah, uh, and, and Coach, I, I, I'm happy that Barry hit on two things because it was kind of where I wanted to start with you. Um, I mean, you could call Steady Buckets a basketball camp, but that's not really accurate to me because there are basketball camps out there. And to me, like they're, w w it's about what distinguishes them. The skill development part and also, you know, talking about, and I witnessed this firsthand because I went to you guys fundraiser, obviously, uh, uh, last year. And the way that people respond to you, not, and I'm not only talking about young people, which there were a few of your former campers there who were kind of graduating, but also adults. And I, I guess, you know, as, as you've honed your skills, so to speak, as a as a um, someone who teaches basketball to young people, like what has been your like guiding light over the time that you've run Steady Buckets and kind of like give me your philosophy as to like what it means to guide young people as far as, you know, basketball. I'm smiling because how much time do we have here? Really, <laughs> you Mike and ask a question like that, I need at least 45 minutes uninterrupted. Um, but, but first of all, it's fun hearing Barry tell that story because it's, it's just a trip down memory lane. I've heard him tell the story and kind of his memory of us meeting and my memory of us meeting. And, and it's really kind of like so many things in life. It, it was totally random. Like, like mm. Barry told the story. He just... He agreed to help out a neighborhood YMCA, and there I was getting my program started, and and the rest is kind of history. Um, you know, I don't know where I'd be without Barry. I, I might still be scrapping together the most basic program, kind of what I was doing. I have no idea because we didn't even know what we wanted when we started it. There was no clear vision. Mm -hmm. it was, I think said simply, it was better basketball for downtown Manhattan. Um, I went. I, I ended up. I, I played every day. Nobody really taught me much. I grew up at a rec center, uh, the, the Dapolito Center. It was known as Carmine Street when I was there. We just played every day. Um, I, I went to the University of Rochester, walked on to a Division three school, and I had a teammate from the Bahamas, Australia, Texas, oh, wow. Ohio, California. I mean, all over. The, they all had a better basketball education than I had. I mean, guys from the Bahamas and Australia <laughs> and all over the country, and I'm from the Mecca. Right. We call New York City the Mecca of basketball with pride. And I got to the first day of practice saying, well, I'm tough enough to be here. Right. I, I'm I'm not afraid of anyone. I'm, sure. I'm going to take you right to their chest. New York City style. Get to the rim at all costs. And Stephon Marbury <laughs> carry the ball like a football truck, somebody and and get to the rim. Right. I knew how to do that. I was scrappy as hell. 
butt. I couldn't shoot properly. I didn't know how to feed the post. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't know how to not overhelp. Right? Like I learned okay. about help defense, so everything was help defense. And next thing I know, the the open shooter from the corner is just drilling threes because when you get to college basketball, everyone can shoot. And when you play in the Bronx, you know a lot of guys can't shoot. So <laughs> yeah, you, you just—it's a different game. Anyways, um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to bring something to my neighborhood that wasn't around for me that I would have really gravitated to because I was playing ball every day. I just wasn't really maximizing my efforts because uh, there was very little direction given to us. Um, so here we are, close to 15 years later. And I'm still driven by kind of that same basic philosophy of I just want to provide the kids growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in. And what Steady Buckets turned into was really a, a citywide program because we have kids from all, you know, kids started coming from every neighborhood saying this doesn't exist in our neighborhood either. As a downtowner, I always assumed that, well, I'm from Greenwich Village. We're kind of into yeah. artsy stuff. And, you know, all my all my friends growing up, their parents were artists. So that's what we do downtown. But uptown, they got to have good basketball programs. Kids started coming down from every borough, every neighborhood saying, nobody's teaching us the game where we're from. You're either talented and you get picked by a, a team looking to compete at a high level, in which case someone's going to invest in you, or you got to pay a lot of money to get on a team. But if you don't have, you know, division one potential and you don't have the funds to to join a, a competitive sure. team, there's just, just not a lot in New York City out there. So kids just started coming from all over the place and we're just driven to be the best program we can possibly be. And I, I think what I want to get into with you today is kind of what does that mean? What is what is a youth sports utopia? What is, a, what is youth sports done correctly? Because I think we can all agree that – my joke is that youth sports are so fantastic that no matter how hard adults try to screw them up, <laughs> they're still fantastic like we're as adults we're doing pretty much everything we could possibly do to ruin sports for kids and yet it's still the coolest thing ever so what is what is youth sports done correctly at the highest level even look like and i don't have all the answers but that's steady buckets is really about exploring that question at the highest level it, you know it's interesting to me that you you put it that way because and you mentioned like uh, Again, going back to this concept of, of honing skills, because unless you are one of the most talented players, um, that's I mean, unless you have to be honing your skills in order to continue making it up, up the food chain. And I, I wonder how your experience, because, you know, to name drop a little bit, you've worked with before Steady Buckets, you work with some of the most prominent players in the metropolitan area. Um can you share like how maybe working with those more talented players uh, improved or, or influenced your yeah. ability to be a, a coach, you know, for players maybe don't have that same level? Yeah. Yeah. I was really lucky. I was really lucky early in my coaching career. Um, <clears throat> I got to work with some, you know, a lot of players in the Big East. I was out in Jersey at a place called Sports University. You know, we had Kyrie Irving when he was in high school, Kyle Anderson when he was in high school. Then I got involved with a program in downtown called The City. We had Donovan Mitchell, Eric Pascal. Um, So I was just lucky. You know, like I, 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 I'm sure they learned a little something from me along the way, but those guys were just incredible at a very early age. And I always say I learned more from them than they ever learned from me. Oh. And, and what I mean by that is I, I really give a lot of credit to those players in teaching me what, 
exceeding expectations looks like, right? Because no matter how talented you are to be an NBA all-star or to make the NBA or to be a division one player, uh, we have Cormac Ryan grew up in our program instead of buckets and he's playing at North Carolina, starting for North Carolina next year. And I remember as about, I want to say six or seven years ago, I was reflecting on, it was kind of right around this time of year and we were getting ready to launch our next season, our fall season. And I remember, uh, reflecting on what's the difference between the players that exceed expectations and fall short of expectations, because that's what I was really kind of interested in is how do you, whatever your, your ceiling is, how do you start approaching that? And, you know, Cormac's at, at North Carolina right now. He he came off the bench for us. We had five or six guys that we thought were really when he was 11, 12 years old. And, and this was kind of when Cormac was already getting some attention nationally. I said, what was the, what was the difference between Cormac and all the kids he grew up with that got him to elevate his game? What was the difference between Donovan? Because when Donovan was in sixth, seventh grade, he, he was fantastic, but there were plenty of kids equally talented to him. What was it that separated kind of the good from the great to get kids to that next level? And what I really came upon was they had a, a self-confidence um, and, and an ability to do the right thing, not to be – kind of like most young people really influenced by their peers. They kind of, they had a really great compass for the right thing to do and, and didn't mind if that was a popular thing. Um, so, so that really helped me key on key in on, on leadership as you know, new sport programs very often say, well, we use basketball as a hook. And in fact, this is a line that me and Barry used to use when, when we were kind of getting started and we what do you do when you start a youth nonprofit? You look up some other youth nonprofits and you take, everyone has the same language. We use basketball as a hook to teach young people um, life lessons. And, you know, the farther we went along, I said, which life lessons? What are the, what are the important life lessons? And, and I really started kind of funneling it down to leadership. And, and the other thing in that process was flipping. We don't use basketball as a hook to teach life lessons. In fact, I, I make it very clear. I'm a basketball coach. And the reason we talk about so many life lessons is I believe that if you're a good person, you're going to be a better basketball player. My goal is to help kids develop as basketball players. And I believe strongly that by developing their people skills, their leadership skills, their communication skills, their ability to feel empathy and, and, and participate with a diverse group to, to be welcoming uh, to those who are less than them on the basketball court, all these things kind of what I, I, I use the term redefine cool. If you can do that, it's, it's just a multiplier to the hard work and the skill development and the speed and, and agility, the basketball IQ, the coachability, kind of the gamesmanship. If you add in the leadership skills, it does, I always say like shooting and ball handling and all these skills, they, they're additive to make you the player. Once you add leadership, it multiplies your base level of, of contribution to a team. And I had seen all those great players not just elevate their own game. You know, I remember watching Kyrie come to a, a, a group of kids that he grew up playing with, and then he aged out. He was just better than all of them, but he would come back and play with them from time to time. He could have scored 50 if he wanted to. <laughs> he scored 25, but on seven shots. You know, it's just like it was just all passing. It was just about making people play better, whereas you see the, the equally talented kid who just wants to get 50 and embarrass people and show the world how good they are. They plateau because they're, they're driven by – they're driven by selfish needs, right? They're d driven by insecurities that they want to be placed above everyone. But when you took the, the, the really 
talented, hardworking kid, but you combine that with the ability to want to be part of a team. And what is, what is being on a team mean? It means making other people better. That was kind of the secret sauce, um, which is really kind of what led us down this rabbit hole of what is leadership? And, and again, what is, what is the best basketball, youth basketball program? And I think it's a combination of a lot of things. But if leadership is not a, a main focus, um, I believe players will fall short of their ultimate potential on the court. I don't know if I'm going too far afoul of this conversation, but I it, I wonder how much difficult the concept of teaching leadership in the way that you are describing has become in an age where it's social media, it's 24-7, where every young person is being told all over the place that they are the star of their own story, right? Mm-hmm. So, And now a concept that was already, I imagine, fairly difficult to, to inst- really truly instill, which is that leadership means not shooting every time and not scoring 50. You know, now I, I have to think that that could be even tougher. But to me, that speaks to why there's even more of a need for a program like yours. Barry, I want to come back to you for a second because you, you text me or you text me a couple of things, um, aspects of the program. And one of them is something called Young Leaders Program. Um, so just can you give me a quick like, what is that and, and what, what role does that play in study buckets? Well, certainly I could go on, but I would like to go back to Mackie on that. Sure, yeah. uh, he revised it. He, I think it's a, a fantastic innovation. He has a story. Uh, behind it, and I think uh, Matt, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, um, your idea, baby. Your idea, baby. What's that? It's it's your baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my baby. But it, it's funny. It's my baby, and it's also the the goal is for it not to be. It's the 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 motivation behind it is again somewhere along the. I always say my my dad grew up in Chelsea playing stickball in the streets. Zero adult involvement. My generation grew up also playing in the playground, zero adult involvement, but then we had a little rec league and there was a volunteer dad coaching and we had one coach for 10 kids. Now you go to an AAU tournament and there's a team with seven kids and seven coaches. And if you count the adults to the kids in the room, there's more adult at a youth sports event. There's more adults in the room than kids. If you close your eyes, you're not hearing youth voices. You're hearing adult voices. And the message, especially at the competitive level, is very much shut up and do what I tell you to do. I'm, I'm in charge here. And there's something off about youth sports just being dominated by, by adults. So the, really the vision was give it back to the kids. Why do, you know, as the program was growing, I was developing coaches and spreading out and I couldn't coach everything because we had multiple gyms operating and I, I was teaching young people how to coach. And I said, how, why can't we go even younger? Why, why, when you talk about eight-year-old youth sports, do you really need an adult to teach them how to make some good passes and, and shoot a layup off the backboard? Turns out the nine, 10 year old is actually the better coach because kids are in school all day long. They are, they hear, they are getting told what to do by adults nonstop. And, uh, you know, I always think of the peanuts, the womp, 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 womp. It doesn't matter what you say if they're not listening. A 10 year old, when a 10-year-old speaks, an 8-year-old is all ears. Yeah. When, a, when a 12-year-old speaks, a 10-year-old is all ears. It, it, it turns out that two-year gap is where the magic happens. Um, so, so you're doing two things. I started using the word dual-purpose program. So for the participants, let's say we have a 9- and a 10-year-old game going on. Well, 9- and 10-year-olds can show up, get a free jersey, get placed on a team, and they can have a practice and a game every Saturday afternoon and learn how to play basketball. But all the refing and coaching is being done by 11 and 12 year olds. 
So the 11 and 12 year olds are getting real world leadership practice. We do a Zoom call every Thursday to give them leadership in practice, leadership theory, conversations about what it takes to be a leader. But on Saturday, we get out of their way and actually let them lead. We're not talking about leadership. We're getting out of the way. Sometimes they do a terrible job. It's okay. They're getting their reps, right? I I would rather have a, a young 12, 13, 14-year-old learning how to coach at my program than giving that really, in my opinion, that valuable opportunity to adults who they always say, I'd love to volunteer. I want to scratch my itch. And their intention is pure, but they're stealing a rep from a teenager who we can be giving leadership development training to. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with a meal kit that handles all the meal planning and shopping and delivers everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part and you get to take the credit. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why they're America's number one meal kit. A busy fall schedule doesn't always leave you with time to spare. And with HelloFresh, you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen to whip up a wholesome meal. With their quick and easy recipes and 15-minute meals, you can get a tasty dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get takeout or delivery. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash 50FilmSchool and use code 50FilmSchool for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50FilmSchool and use code 50FilmSchool for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. You know as well as I do that you learn a lot more by teaching than by doing. And also, I'm not even sure you know this. I'm a teacher. I'm actually, so today's return day for teachers in the Department of Education. I'm recording this on my lunch break, which is why we had to adjust the time. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. Um, And it's, I, I, I didn't plan it this way, but it's so appropriate that we're, we're running this episode the day before uh, kids across New York city go back to school because one thing that teachers always get told, and I'm sure the same is, I think the same is for coaches as well is if you're done with your, your class or your session, whatever it is, and you're exhausted because you've been doing all the work, you're doing something wrong. You should structure, whether it's a classroom setting or like what you guys are doing uh, such that it's the kids who are doing the heavy lifting. All you're doing is being there to guide. And it sounds like that's the entire MO behind steady buckets and what you guys hope to achieve. Yeah. No, I, I like a parent. Last year, a parent came up to me and he said, he said, you know, I've been bringing my kid for a couple weeks. And in the beginning, it was kind of hard to figure out what you were doing here. <laughs> and he said, now I get it. He said, what you're doing is a mix between pickup basketball and organized basketball. I said, you got it. You nailed it. That's the, we're going, I'm looking for the perfect amount of adult mixed into a, a youth-driven world. I, I, I agree with you, Andre Present. I always tell my coaches, and I believe myself, I said, I am at my best when I'm coaching the least yeah. because it means my leaders are jumping in. Sometimes I, I walk in the gym, practice starts at six, and I, I love to, I do this a couple times a year, but I'll just look at my phone and I'll start emailing. Now it's 6.05, 6.10. Players are starting, they're shooting around, they're playing one-on-ones, but they're looking at me like, coach, practice usually starts at like 6.02, what's going on? <laughs> and then it hits this uncomfortable place where, well, 
he, coach looks really busy. We're not going to interrupt him, mm. but we, we came here to practice, not to just shoot around. We stretched the same way every single day. So I got, and I got kids that grew up since they were six years old and now they're 16 and they're part of the leadership program. And then eventually I blow the whistle. I go, Hey guys, that was a test. That was, that was me giving you space to run practice without me. And the further you can take it, the cooler it gets. How cool is it if you guys have an amazing workout? I don't say a word because as peers, you developed, you said, we know what we do here and we can do this without Coach Mackey. Now, when that happens, it allows me to just sprinkle in the smallest little details. And, and the, the less you can coach, the more, I, I, I think about creating a void of leadership very often, like a mm. vacuum. And if, you're, if your bag is full, there's no room for new leadership to grow. So this is a mistake that adults very often make in education and in, in youth sports is I'm going to be such a good leader, but now there's no room for other people yeah. to lead. And the, one of the hardest things to do is to purposefully take a step back. Sometimes in summer camp, I, I leave the building because I, I love to coach, I, I might, but I micromanage. If I'm there, it's very hard for me to not step on other people's toes and jump in and coach to the point where I'm over coaching. And sometimes I just have to remove myself from the building to allow my young coaches to really kind of take charge. So we, we do that as young as 10, 11 years old. Also to, to your point, when you ref, you learn how to not get mad at refs when they make bad calls. <laughs> when you coach, you start to learn why coaches bench you when you don't box out or you make a turnover on a cross court pass. So there's also, yes, when you teach, you learn, and I, I think it's a I think it's really a secret to good education is giving kids the ability to not just listen, but to actually teach back their lessons. Along those lines, if I might interject, one of the other great things that we do, John, is that we encourage the kids to fail, to step out of their comfort zone. Uh, you know, we don't want kids to come in there and say, well, you know, they're going to shoot a righty layup from the left hand side. Oh, but, but Coach Mackey, I can't I don't know how to use my left hand. It doesn't matter. All right. We encourage an environment where making mistakes, you learn from your mistakes. We all know that. It's not an ego. We try to take away the ego out of it, encourage the kids to do things that they wouldn't otherwise feel comfortable doing, uh, which I think is, uh, is, is, is difficult to accomplish. But I think Coach Mackey has done a wonderful job. If you come down and look at a practice, kids are trying all kinds of new things and really have a sense of, of being proud and pride when they're able to start to master uh, these kind of skills. The other thing that I want to point out at this point is, uh, to, to, to your listenership, John, is that our program, absent the summer where we do charge, is entirely free to everybody to come. Whether you have a lot of money, whether you have no money, you're the parents, they are welcome to come to our gyms. They sign up, they register for steady buckets, and we are we totally exist from funding. Uh, and we have done a great job. Uh, people have come people with money and understand that it's those of us uh, who are uh, lucky enough to have made a nice living to, to reach into their pockets, to help some of those who don't have the money to be able to afford perhaps other basketball programs. So we are at Steady Buckets free to all other than the summer camp, which we charge very nominal compared to other summer camps. Uh, that's the way we, we raise in addition to some fundraisers. Uh, some of the uh, the money that we need to pay for the gyms, pay for counselors, insurance, 
all the things in the back that I'm kind of involved in. <laughs> and and for anybody, we're gonna have the the website up on on the YouTube channel. But for anybody who just may be listening to the podcast, you can go to steadybuckets.org. I'll say it one more time: it's steadybuckets.org to check out um, in terms of locations, in terms of like you said, where uh, parents can you know. A, phone number they could call if they're looking for, hey, when's the next opportunity I could have my kid, you know, participate in this where I could come and, and, and take a look. I, ju- I have to go back for a second because you <laughs> my daughter is turning seven next month or th- later this month, excuse me. And she's at the stage now where she will not try something if she thinks that there's a good ch- chance that she's going to fail at the thing. And I'm like, what? I was not prepared. I was, I thought I was prepared for everything as a parent. I was like, I was not prepared for this. And so to hear that that is something that like you're, you're kind of specializing in there. Um, what I will ask though, is because I'm sure, again, I'm sure people listening at home um, have kids of all kinds of different natures. Is this, this is a program for girls. This is a program for students with our uh, young people with disabilities. Could, could one of you maybe talk about that a little bit? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll introduce it for you. But again, that's because, uh, we don't want Mackie to brag too much. It's easier when somebody else is talking about <laughs> than themselves. Uh, our girls program is strong, uh, but uh, Mackie uh, has devised, we, uh, we learned it a little bit from uh, our local baseball league. Mackie started a autism ASD program where kids with learning disabilities and other disabilities can come play basketball, learn how to play basketball in an environment that's safe and nurturing for them. And uh, that's, that's not something that, 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 that I've seen much of. Uh, Mackie, maybe you want to elaborate a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, first first with our kind of just inclusivity as a, as a real staple of the program. Again, it's kind of if you just start with this thought of what does, what does a perfect youth sports basketball utopia look like? What is <laughs> what is perfect youth sports look like? Uh, well, free, right? Like there's yeah. there shouldn't be an inclusive, right? So so inclusive despite your ability to pay, but inclusive despite your ability to be the most talented player on the court, right? Like everybody can find a home here. Um, that that those two kind of fundamental priorities of and really it's the same priority inclusive right our doors are open to everybody um that immediately pushes you there's all these forks that you have to you have to make decisions when you're running a program what are your priorities and i'm always put off by people that are saying that say well both right so what's your priority to be a competitive team that tries to win championships or individual player skill development which one and some people will say both well, that's you don't understand the definition of priority. Priority means one more than yeah, the other. Up. Our priority is skill development, and that in, that part of the reason that decision was made was you can't be inclusive if your priority is yeah. competition. Absolutely. I believe in competition. I love competition. I think competition is is uh, uh, you know it's well it's why we play the game, right? You play to win, um, but but you can't be inclusive if you're playing to win. So that it doesn't mean you can't be competitive part of the time, but the the philosophy of the program is to be the best program possible, and that includes making sure that everyone has a, a place. Skill development means if you've never played before in your life, you can pick up a ball and try, and yes, you're going to mess up a lot. Yep. But guess what? Our best players, our most talented players who are on track to get scholarships and play in college and maybe play professionally one day, I always tell them, you should be messing up the most. Yep. Because your eyes should be up, 
you should be going faster. You should, right? We do, we do some drills called impossible drills. And the whole <laughs> point is it should be, well, it, it's a, it's a group drill. The first drill is a perfection drill. You do the drill. You try not to mess up for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, right? If you're dribbling behind your back, try to, try to do 10 in a row, 100 in a row, 1,000 in a row. Um, and now we're going to go impossible. An impossible drill is if you do it more than five times without messing up, you're not doing the drill correctly. I want the balls flying. I want everyone messing up. And skill development allows you to do that because no matter how good you are, you can always add a challenge to take you out of your comfort zone. Um, so that that kind of philosophy of inclusivity really leads us to kind of the next building block of our program, the, the, the first decision fork of were we going to be a competitive AAU program, a travel team, or were we going to be a skill development program? And again, that I think it's important as a coach that you make that decision and that you say, well, my priority is skill development. It doesn't mean I'm not competitive at times. My priority no. is leadership. It doesn't mean that we don't have other life lessons blended into our program. But this, when when we rather than having this, well, life lessons, which ones, we're able to say specifically what we're focusing on. And I think that, that really gives the program direction and, and it, it makes it clear to understand why what kids can hope to accomplish when they come to us, you talked about confidence, right? Kids, sometimes yep. kids don't want to do things they're not good at. We just, we have, we have what we call the five pillars of steady buckets. And this is just, especially for that early age group, they're going to hear this every time they come to the gym. They might hear it five times every time they come to the gym, but the five pillars are number one, get better. So like learn how to get better at something. You're coming here, not just to play basketball. You're coming with the intention of improving your individual skills. And I define that as trying to do something you've never done before. I want, I want you to tell your parents what you did at Steady Buckets today. I don't want them to believe you. But we've had, you know, I think we had a girl do a, a 600 sit-ups this summer at camp or somebody did a one-hour wall sit. And, you know, kids have done three, 400 push-ups without stopping or, maybe, or a kid made 120 free throws without missing. Whatever it is, like, I want you to do something where you can clearly say, I've never done that before, so I got better. Yeah. You know, whether it's today or this week or this month. Number two is leave your comfort zones, both mentally and physically. But the but then the the kind of asterisk or the parentheses next to that is leave your comfort zone with the intention of building self-confidence. Um, one of the big mistakes that people make, but parents make with their kids is when their kids are lacking confidence, they say, well, let's give them an easy win. Right. Yeah. We want we want to build confidence. So let's start with an easy win and then go from there. And it actually backfires because kids start thinking about the win as the most important part. Whereas what you're really teaching kids to do is be resilient, how to, how to take a punch and get back up, how to fall down, how to fail. And so we say, leave your comfort zone with the intention to build self-confidence. I want you to get used to failing so that in a big moment, you're not afraid to fail. Um, number three is work so hard. You feel proud of yourself. Again, That's it's like a little detail, not just work hard. A lot of the time parents are very critical of their kids. They go, man, my kid just doesn't work that hard. Can you can you be a little harder on him? I always say no. First of all, I'm not going to be harder on your child than I am on anyone else. That's not, that's not how it works around here. I'm going to coach your kid the way I coach your kid. But the way I define hard work is, do you feel proud of yourself? If you feel proud of yourself, that's an indication of hard work. That's like a very honest – now, you can lie and say you're proud of yourself when you're not, but that – well, that's – that's fine. If uh, pride is a feeling, accomplishment, pride of accomplishment is a feeling. And if you feel that when you're walking out of the door, we finish with champion's pose. You put your hand, you know, you flex your muscles 
I'd say it has to be on three hard work on six, but we finished with champion pose because the idea is, do you feel like a champion? Do you feel proud of yourself? And if you do, you worked hard. No one can tell you you didn't work hard if you have that that feeling of accomplishment. Four is have fun and five is make friendships. Um, so if you do those five things on a regular basis, you're succeeding in our program. And then kind of the number six is, it's the oxygen mask on an airplane theory, right? Don't don't even try number six until you did number one through five first. So you number six is help somebody else. That's the leadership component. So help somebody get better, help somebody leave their comfort zone, help somebody work hard so they feel proud of themselves, help somebody have fun, help somebody make a new friend. Um, then you're a leader, but don't even try to help somebody else until you're consistently checking box one through five on your own. Uh, By the way, if I can interject for a second, John, uh, we learned this by trial and error. Uh, We we started off uh, early on with with all the great skill development that Maggie had required from teaching some of the greats. You know, uh, we we dabbled in the AAU world early on, and uh, we found it to be unsatisfying. Particularly, Maggie found it to be unsatisfying. It's a process that probably took five years. So uh, we tried it, uh, and we decided that uh, it wasn't fulfilling. Uh, particularly for Mac, he wants to fulfilling and get back to the core of skill development uh, and everything he's developed since then. Uh, our kids, our most talented kids, Mackie has relationships with lots of coaches, lots of very, very solid AAU coaches around the metropolitan area. Uh, and if your kid wants to play high-level AAU basketball, uh, Mackie has the connections to, to, uh, to funnel them in the correct area. Uh, to the correct coach that Mackie thinks uh, that there would be a, a proper team for the skill level of our kid. Uh, as long as they continue to come to our program and work hard and, and uh, their AUK coach understands that we're not in the business of stealing talent uh, for that. That's a, as Mackie can tell you, that's a big problem. Uh, they're very protective of their talent, these AAU programs. Uh, but that's not what we're about. We're about you know, teaching the whole kid, the holistic approach of it, and then sending them out uh, if they want to play very competitive AAU basketball for teams uh, with the skill sets uh, and the skill development that we've provided for them. And I think that, that's yeah. a fun part of the program is it, it's, it is experimental. Like on our website, it, we, we describe ourselves as an innovative basketball and leadership development program because we are, we're making it up as we go along. We're, we're trying to solve for what I see out there is not good enough. And I, I think, you know, we can pat our ba- ourselves on the back as educators and coaches and say how, how great it is that we're helping young people and, and educators should be recognized, uh, you know, for the, for the great work that they do. But let's also not be complacent and say, well, we've already figured out the correct way to do it and we just have to do it the way it's always been done. I believe education and, and coaching, you know, we're far that- from out the correct way of doing that that to me is just practicing what you preach right if you're going to tell a kid that they should try something uncertain or do something a different way to try to get better at it then you know where would you be if you were just okay this this works well enough you know let's just keep doing it this way and yeah I, i I absolutely love that. And that was a big part of the, the whole AYBL experiment, which was having the kids coach each other and ref and make it a, a, a 100% youth where they, the adults kind of supervise but trying to participate as little as possible. That idea actually came from me reflecting those five ideals, those five pillars upon myself. And I said, what is my comfort zone? I, I said, you know what? I, I work hard. So like, I feel proud of myself. Good year on that. 
Uh, I feel like I'm getting better as a coach and the program's growing and, you know, everything's thriving. So that's cool. And I love my job. I have fun. And all, you know, most of my friends come through this program. I'm friends with the parents and the donors and the kids and the coaches. So I'm checking, but where's my comfort zone? And it occurred to me, my comfort zone was as a coach, my comfort zone was mm-hmm. microphone in my hand, spotlight. Everyone shut up and listen to me. I'm going to blow my whistle. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to freeze. And it's my world, right? It's my court. And I, I said, well, my comfort zone is actually, that's why I said, sometimes I have to leave because I don't want to take over. My comfort zone is letting other people play with. I, 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 one of the speeches I give to our young leaders is I say, steady buckets is my favorite toy. I love to play with it. You know, the, the, there's a, imagine someone came to your house and, and they said, man, that's a really cool toy. Can I have that? <laughs> and you said, yeah, you can. But then when you went to visit them at their house, it was just collecting dust. It was kind of just thrown in the mm-hmm. corner, like collecting dust. That would feel pretty crappy. You'd probably say, hey, since you're not using it, can I have it back? I really I really like that toy. And what I tell the young leaders is if you play with it, right, if you make it yours, if when I, when I allow you to be the head coach of a group of nine-year-olds, if you play with it, you can have it. But if you don't play with it, now I got to take it back because – you're not you're not valuing the gift I'm giving you, which is that's great the ability to be a leader at a very young age. Where you're not getting that opportunity anywhere else, so that that's a big part of it as well. Uh, Barry, uh, I'm going to throw it back to you before we finish up. Uh, one to tell folks at home if they uh, want to donate to Steady Buckets, where they could do that, and and last before we leave, um, maybe give a little bit uh, uh, of a you know a little behind the scenes of uh, of Weiss and Rosenbaum. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, uh, please, everybody out there, if you like what you hear, we are a fantastic basketball program. Go on to our website, steadybuckets.org. There's a donate button, one penny, one dollar, five dollars, whatever you can contribute. It keeps the program free to everybody. Uh, it's the way uh, Mackie and I were raised growing up in the village, uh, and we want to keep the program the way it is, but we need help. We need funds. Uh, so, please, uh, everybody do that. Um, obviously, uh, Steady Buckets is my, is my second job. It's a labor of love because as the executive director and co-founder, though, I don't take a dime from this program. Uh, my money is made uh, through my law firm of Weiss and Rosenblum and my research, some of my resources from Weiss and Rosenblum go to Steady Buckets. Uh, I have a personal injury law firm uh, that I started. Rosenblum is my, actually my wife, as crazy as that sounds. And uh, we've been in practice since 1990. Um, since, uh, as I said, the John in, in the new ad that we run since the next season ended, we've gotten some spectacular results for our clients. Uh, we did one three seven three point seven five million, and uh, several others north of one point five million dollars uh, in the field of personal injury and labor law. Uh, you know, winning compensation uh, for those uh, in need, uh, and um, you know that's the way uh, I'm, I'm able to. Uh, fund uh, and uh, commit to steady buckets behind the scenes. So uh, if any of you do have a case out there or would like some consultation about a personal injury matter, medical malpractice, labor law, you know, feel free. uh, Go with a veteran, not a rookie, John, right? (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to say with you here and longtime listeners know, because I have referenced my past in the personal injury world, as as I've talked to you about too. um, It, it was going to take a lot for me to, let a, a personal injury attorney be a sponsor on the show. Cause I, I, I mean, the show was everything to me and I met you and 
within 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, I trust this person. And, yeah. you know, it's like, look, Thank hopefully, ho- hopefully nobody out there, you know, has something where they would need. As I always say, you never want to contact a personal injury attorney. Truly, you don't want to. But if you have to, um, you have to go with someone that you, you have full faith and confidence in. Um, if you take any solace in, in my um, my words here, trust me, that is Barry Weiss. And you could go to WeissAndRosebloom.com for more info. Um, their number's on the screen right now, 212-366-6100. And then again, SteadyBuckets.org. There's a, a link right there if you want to donate. Um, I think that's it, Mackie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back to you before we finish up. Just la- last thought, last words. Yeah, like I said, you, you give me my last words. It might be thirty minutes later. But, <laughs> no, hey, I, thanks for having us. It's always it's always fun to tell our story. Um, it's been it's been an incredible ride. We've been doing it almost fifteen years. I, I do believe strongly that we're getting better and better. We're getting closer and closer to that impossible to reach place of perfection. But you know, really driven by giving our kids the best product. Youth sports are just so incredibly empowering and all the research is there. Kids who play youth sports, especially team sports, just succeed and stay out of trouble in ways that kids don't. And yet 75% of our kids are quitting youth sports because we're not doing them the way they need to be done. So it's really been an incredible journey. I look forward to the next chapters to come, but kind of chasing that that vision of what, what the best what's the ideal for our kids in youth sports. And I think it's a, a very, they, whatever the answer is uh, that, that we're pursuing is very similar to solving the education yep. you know, question. How, how do we educate kids in the 21st century? And, and it, it really does go hand in hand because when a young person is passionate about something, honestly, it doesn't really matter what it is. You know, if they're passionate about something that is a rising, that, that, that rising tide will, will then, lift all ships. They'll do better in school. They'll do better in life. They'll do better in everything. What you're doing is so important. It obviously could not come at a better time, a more necessary time. Um, and Coach Mackey, what, what you've given to the program, um, I, I, I again, go go check out the website if you're listening to this. And, and you, you'll if you haven't gotten a sense already, you will from that. And if you have a young person in your life, uh, son, daughter, whatever, and you're looking to get them involved in youth sports in any way, I, I could not think of a better way to do that than with steady buckets and Barry again I'll just say to you um, you don't have to not take a dime for this I know how much work you put in behind the scenes into steady buckets and for you to do this just be, as a pastime essentially when you know again you, didn't, you don't have to do that um, it speaks about who you are and, and, and what your values are so you know thank, uh, you, John, and thank you for allowing yeah. us to come on I know this is a little bit of a different kind of show than you normally have but thank you for allowing us to come on and sharing our message with everybody out there. We feel so strongly about it, so passionate about it, and for you to give us the the opportunity and the and the forum to be able to do that, it means a lot to me, John. Thank you very much. Least we could do, guys. Thank you for everything. And uh, yes, yeah, SteadyBuckets.org. All right. Hope you enjoyed that spot again. A little bit different. Um, hope you didn't mind. It's just this is an organization that ever since I've come to know about it. Uh, I just feel really good about supporting it. And um, I supported it by going to their fundraiser last year. And I'm hoping I'm definitely going to be going back to their, the next fundraiser they do. They try to do one about once a year. I think it's going to be a little bit later this time around. Uh, Maybe get some other involvement 
in, in terms of Nick's film school. And certainly if you're out there and anything you heard today really rung a bell, uh, again, steadybuckets.org, go visit, go give five bucks, give 10 bucks, give whatever you can give. And uh, yeah, that's really it. Um, thanks again to Coach Mackey, to uh, Barry. Uh, of course, also thanks to Barry for continuing to support the pod. And uh, we will be back with more fun and games very soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.